various times that I wish we could rearrange earnings season. I don't like the fact that we lead with the banks because they're they're way too idiosyncratic. And so the one thing, the one takeaway there would be, what does you know, what do the bank chair chairmen say at their conference call? What does Jamie Dimon, Brian Moynihan, et cetera, et cetera, have to say about their mm-hmm. corporate clients and their and their consumer lending and, and, and activity? You're listening to IBKR Podcasts. Find more conversations at ibkrpodcasts.com. The following podcast contains options-related material. Prior to listening to today's podcast, all listeners should read and familiarize themselves with the characteristics and risks of standardized options, or ODD, which may be accessed through the link found in the show's notes or podcast description page. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's IBKR podcast. I'm joined today by Chief Strategist here at Interactive Brokers, Steve Sosnick. How are you, Steve? I'm great. Happy New Year, Andrew. And staying back at you. And we also have in the same room today, Jose Torres, IBKR's Senior Economist. Welcome, Jose. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. It's great to be here in Greenwich with my colleagues. Positive start to the year in terms of stocks. Bond yields have come down a little bit. Should investors expect smooth sailing this year? What do you think? Nope. Sorry, on to the next question. Um, I, I think it's, you know, my, my theme for last year still applies at least to early 2023. Um, and that is as long as the Fed is restrictive. And restrictive mm-hmm. does not necessarily mean actively raising rates. It can mean maintaining a higher level of rates while continuing to do quantitative tightening which, by the way, is kind of a, a sideshow at this point. I think we'll talk about it later. Um, as long as the Fed is not pumping money into the system, um, that tends to increase volatility. And I think we will get continued volatility as the year goes on. So smooth sailing is a lot to hope for right now. At, at this point, I, I definitely agree with that. But Jose, let's, let's throw it to you. We, we've seen some encouraging data on the inflationary front recently. Is a soft landing possible? Is it probable? What do you think? Definitely possible, but it is unlikely. What makes it possible is the fact that there's been a high amount of cash buffers in the economy, both with corporates and with households. But when you've had this level of inflation that we've seen this cycle, historically, it does take a recession to bring down that high level of inflation. When we look at what the Fed has done, it's already been impacting the interest rate sensitive sectors pretty dramatically, real estate and manufacturing. The consumer is doing all right due to all the excess savings, and the labor market is beginning to weaken beneath the surface. First, it was the tech companies. Then now it's the banks, right? So when you look at real estate and manufacturing together, that's about 30% of the economy. You look at the high income jobs in the tech companies and the banks, maybe add another 5%. That's 35% of the economy that's weakening dramatically. How could that not spread to the other areas of the economy? We're already seeing that. ISM services came in way below expectations in contraction territory alongside the PMI for manufacturing. And I think we're going to see a lot more weakness ahead consistent with what the tech companies and the banks are seeing because they're laying people off. Steve, talk to me about investors and complacency. The VIX seems to be subdued, certainly relative to some of the spikes we saw last year. What, 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 what's happening there? Well, remember, relative to the spikes of last year, sure, we're subdued. But that was, you know, that was a, a major bear market move. 
um, we're, we're actually somewhat elevated compared to historical levels of VIX. We 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 got we went from an extraordinarily low level of VIX, you know, where we were flirting with low teens, um, or even flirting with single digits when we went back, if you remember, before the Volmageddon of 2018. Mm. Um, but the historical average is mid to high teens, so there is a fair amount of volatility priced in. But that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the the, the idea that volatility can persist. Remember, the VIX is not a fear gauge. It, it plays one on TV, but it is that's not how it's constructed. It's, mm. it's constructed as the market's best estimate of volatility over the coming 30 days. And that's saying that on average, we're going to we're looking at a reasonable possibility of 1% intraday daily moves over the next 30 days. And that's that's not outrageous by any standard. Yeah. And as, as we said earlier, the, the, the market's off to a kind of a steady start. Uh, so that, that fits in with that. Well, steady, point. steady, yes. If you look cumulatively, but we we basically meandered, then we plunged, then mm. we then we zoomed, mm. and now we've come back a little bit. You know, so we're punctuated by you know really we're punctuated by one massive up day, mm. um, and we can get into the, the the brief causes where you know a lot of it was led by the stocks that were getting tax loss selling into the end of the year, right. and just you know we, we were oversold and due for a bounce, and you know we got it, and now we're working through that over the past couple of days. Well, now, Jose, let me turn back to you and we're going to talk about the labor market. You mentioned a moment ago about the ISM and early signs of contraction there. But on the labor front, we're still getting 200,000 jobs plus per month. How does that affect the economic outlook? And what about those calling for recession? Well, the labor market right now is significantly out of balance. There's about 1.7 job openings for every unemployed person. Um there, there is a labor shortage out there. Uh, companies are laying people off. And from an inflationary perspective, in the 1970s and 80s, we actually had uh, dips in economic activity while we were still adding jobs. And I think right now what's going on with corporates is that they'd rather take the hit to margins. Margins are elevated from a historical perspective. They'd rather take the hit to margins now and be positioned to capture market share and grow in the next cycle, rather than trimming too much at this point and then playing catch up later. And I think that's part of the reason why companies are still hiring in aggregate, uh, albeit we are seeing pockets of weakness, like I said earlier, in tech and then financials. Kind of, kind of comes back to Steve's original point though about uh, the Fed having to really be diligent and, and monitor this very closely if we're growing. So, so Steve, let me ask you, what about the impact of quantitative tightening on the market? Will we see that anytime soon? Um, we're starting to see it. I just think people don't realize it. I mean, you know, the, the Fed balance sheet has been steadily declining and, and, and the pace has picked up in the decline. So we're about 10% off the highs if you look at the size of the Fed balance sheet, right. a bit more than that maybe. But but the pace is going in the wrong. The, the direction is 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 market unfriendly, mm. and as you know, I don't want to overuse Warren Buffett's um, tide going out um, analogy, but basically that is the monetary tide going out. We rode we rose much higher on an incoming tide. There was money and it was sloshing around. Now we still have a lot of money sloshing around. There's still two trillion dollars in money showing up in overnight repos at the Fed, which is basically the banks and the, and, you know, the banks that can access the Fed window saying, okay, we have way too much money on our hands. You know, we got nothing better to do than, than give it to the Fed at 
4.3%, which is a which is a quite nice rate. So you can on the plus side, you could say that's cash that needs to be deployed. Mm. But if the Fed is withdrawing liquidity, the odds are that just sort of tends to dry up and and becomes yet another concern about fighting the Fed. So Jose, let me bring that back to you. Can you translate that into the impact of quantitative tightening on the economy? Absolutely. So last year, we've had about 500 billion come off of the Fed's balance sheet. This year, we're expecting about 1.1 trillion. So it's a significant amount of cash being being withdrawn from the system. We're seeing the impacts beginning to arise at banks and they're starting to tighten lending. They're not lending as much on auto loans. They're tightening on credit cards. They're tightening on mortgages, especially true also with um, middle and large size companies. Financing is drying up. So as we can, as the Fed continues to tighten monetary policy and withdraw that cash from the system, the pie is literally getting smaller. Uh, and I think that ultimately it points to reduced demand and slower economic performance, like what the banks and the tech companies are seeing. And they're uh, laying people off because they're seeing weakening demand in the near to medium term future. And Steve, let's let's wrap up with you. What are, what are some of the developments you might be looking out for in terms of earnings season, which begins this week? There's a couple things. You know, first of all, I, I've, I've said various times that I wish we could rearrange earnings season. I don't like the fact that we lead with the banks because they're they're way too idiosyncratic. And so the one thing, the one takeaway there would be what does, you know, what do the bank chair chairmen say at their conference call? What does Jamie Dimon, Brian Moynihan, et cetera, et cetera, have to say about their mm-hmm. corporate clients and their and their consumer lending and, and, and activity? But in terms of you know, does bank, you know, what does Goldman Sachs trading results tell you about the the overall state of the earnings season? Zero. But so then, so once you get past the banks, I think we want to see, first of all, are expectations too low? The last couple of earnings seasons, we've, we've had them set too low and we've seen rallies. Um, but there'll be a lot of interesting guidance because the, the argument among a lot of people is that valuations are too high based on 2023 earnings. Do we start to what do we start to see here? Um, and that's a that's a huge what I'm going to call bid off bid ask spread. So you know I think expectations are that that these companies can can beat their posted numbers, but then what are they going to say in terms of guidance and how will that react? How will that impact uh, valuations on, on on the medium to longer term? Um, so there's a lot of moving parts this earnings season. I wish I can tell you I had some true clarity as to what would be. Uh, the outcome going forward, but it's it's really tricky right now because there are so many moving parts as we get as we get into the season. If I may add, I don't believe that earnings estimates at this juncture are pricing in a mild recession. At the same time, rates are really high relative to near-term history. The market has had a tough time dealing with the 10-year above 3% in recent history. So you have a situation where I don't think earnings expectations are going to hold up. And I also think relative to rates, the market is pricey. So similar to what Steve said earlier about smooth sailing, um, I don't think we're going to have much of it this year. Well, I'd just like to thank both of my guests for such a miserable discussion to begin the year. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget, folks, look out for uh, more at ibkrpodcast.com and wherever you download your podcasts. Thanks, guys. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to IBKR Podcasts. As always, we have more episodes at ibkrpodcasts.com. And if you're interested in learning more about interactive brokers, visit ibkr.com. We offer more trading education material, such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, financial and economic commentary at tradersinsight.news, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. The analysis in this material is provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments, those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBKR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and, as necessary, seek professional advice.